Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is digital sales strategy, overcoming the barriers to growth with my friend, Tony Berry. Hi, Tony. Hey, Joe. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. I'm really looking forward to this topic. We talked a lot about this offline, and my good friend Matt Collins has spoken very highly of what you know about digital strategy. And digital strategy is becoming more and more important in the transportation logistics business. I think the industry grew up, as you know, Tony, with people making 100 phone calls a day, which uh, people still have to do. It's still an important part of the business. But more and more, we know B2B customers are searching online just like B2C customers. Think about how many hours a day we spend <laughs> online surfing around looking for stuff. So, you know, if you if you want to be successful in transportation or logistics or warehousing, all the businesses, technology, we got to spend on digital strategy. And that means we got to talk to guys like Tony. <laughs> so, Tony, please introduce yourself and your company. Sure. Thank you. And your title. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Well, I'm Tony Berry. I am currently with the Integer Group out of Dallas, Texas, and I'm their vice president of e-commerce. So that's what I'm doing today. And it's very, very wonderful, very exciting. And my background is very varied. I've done a lot of things, and I think... Maybe just a small slice would be, boy, having listened to some of these podcasts, I know a lot of people go through their backstory, so I'll just start there. Please do. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? (laughs) Yeah. So I grew up in the south side of Chicago and then moved to Milwaukee to do my higher education, high school and college. And I got my bachelor's degree from La Crosse, University of Wisconsin-La Crosse. Got my master's degree from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee in creative writing. So it's very strange that I'm doing a lot of this work, which is very numbers focused and very, yeah. Well, we need creativity on the websites. I mean, that's without the creativity, the numbers don't come, right? (laughs) That's exactly right. So yeah. And then, you know, I've worked at quite a few agencies over my career, which is probably in the neighborhood of about 15 years now. So I've been doing this for quite some time. And of course, As you mentioned, Matt Collins, I've worked with Matt for a good chunk of those years, uh, probably the first seven to eight, and then I moved to Texas. So now I'm in Texas and working with Integer and doing all of the digital strategy, all of the e-commerce work for our clients. Yeah. It seems like every third person I talk to these days is in Texas. It's like the the only state in the union now. (laughs) Well, it's it's certainly big enough to be almost the only state in the union. So, yeah. I was just telling somebody this, the Texas Triangle, which is, you know, between Dallas, Fort Worth, down to Austin and San Antonio, and then over to Houston, that triangle. Yeah. That triangle is only 25% of Texas. Inside of that triangle is bigger than 46 states population-wise. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's just enormous. And, you know, you start thinking about it like, oh, yeah, the drive, the drive from Dallas to Austin, no big deal. But then we start thinking about like getting to El Paso. That's an entire day, right? If you started from Dallas to get to El Paso, that's about a 10 to 12 hour car ride. And yeah, that's just in your state. Crazy. And yeah. then you think of the importance of Laredo border crossing. I mean, Texas, Texas, Texas. That's all I mean. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Anyway. <laughs> 
So, Tony, today's topic, we talked a little bit about this offline, is we all know we need a digital sales strategy. We need to get at least some sales. We need to start getting better sales leads from the internet. And, you know, the challenge, the challenges, again, is I think most industries struggle with it. I think logistics and transportation, warehousing, we struggle with maybe even a little more because the way the industry kind of grew was this hustle. Like you bang the phones, make a <laughs> smiling and dialing, you make a hundred phone calls a day. And it's only been in recent years where somebody's, you know, I think a lot of times the tech guys from Silicon Valley, they start, you know, the transportation technology softwares. Those guys, they're obviously web natives, they're digital natives, they start with websites. It's the challenges for the rest of us. You can't pretend you're a high tech company and that, hey, we, we're going to take care of you technology wise. If you have a website from 1996. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so we talked a little bit offline, well, quite a bit offline about the barriers to growth. So the first big barrier to growth is you need to have a website and it can't just be annual website. So talk a little bit about that first barrier to growth is the, getting the right website. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. And, and that really is. So you know, having a website is now table stakes, right? So you just have to have one. Now, the quality of that website matters. So that's having really developed your brand narrative, starting to think about who you are, what your site is about, and are you developing the right narrative and story about your brand, right? So what that, I mean, breaking that down a little bit further is really what are the reasons to believe you're giving your customers to engage with you? You know, what are you special at and what separates you from the pack? And so if you aren't actively doing that on your website and have even just some foundational optimizations going, I think that's where you really do need to start before you start thinking about growing. I mean, I think that would be the, the right foundation that's going to start that initial growth for you. Right. Is making sure that when potential consumers and customers land on your site, they know who you are, what you do and what you're great at. And you're providing a great experience for them on that site. So it's easy for them to contact you or get the information they need. And I think lastly, is that your site is a magnet, right? You have now, you've now electrified it. So it's starting to suck people in who are looking for something around your service, right? So if you can't get that level right now, that's where you would need to start. And then I think we can start thinking about your digital marketing strategy and how you start growing. Yeah. So when we were talking about this is that one of the challenges becomes when you're talking about, let's just say you're a freight broker and you're getting trucks for shippers, the challenge is finding something that makes you special. So something that makes you different and better from the rest. And that's not starting with the uh, pixels. That's starting with an offline discussion of, are we going to have a specialization? Are we going to have something that, that we can gra- say, we own that that's relevant to our customers and we can own that little piece. So maybe you say, we're going to be the guys who do poultry and we move poultry in Texas, right? Exactly. And, or we move furniture. We're the best furniture trucking company on the planet. Right. Or refrigerated medical or something, right? Like if right. you have a if you have a really excellent niche and specialty, like really lean into it and make sure that that comes out on the site so that people know what you're about. Because I mean, if you just leave it to simply saying we do this thing, everybody is saying they do that thing, right. and now you're leaving it to a, a roulette wheel. Really, they'll right. just have to pick, and someone will do it. Tony, there's, I was talking to some friends of mine who do a lot of work with transportation logistics companies. Both Matt says this all the time, and so does my friend Mike Temple, who advises a lot of 3PLs, is that what makes you different and better? And, and you can't say price and you can't say service, because that tends to be what we say. Well, we provide excellent service. And 
but you're never going to find anyone saying, oh, we don't, <laughs> right? Oh, gosh, that's where you beat us. <laughs> that's, <Everybody>. a, <laughs> that's what I look for, really, is someone who's going to be really truthful for me and just say, nope, you know, you'll get a low price, but the service also comes terribly with that low price. That might be somebody say, look, we're self-serve and that's why we're 20% cheaper, but we're not, most people are not going to be there. And I think there's also the idea of embracing like, hey, we're, we're cheaper. That's That's a hard sell. It's hard to get there. So it's important that we find something that makes us special. And you used the term, um, you used the acronym, I guess, RTB earlier today. So to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So that RTB or reasons to believe, right? You, you have to be providing all the time reasons for your customers to believe that you can do what you say you're going to do and make them invest their hard-earned money in your business. So yeah, engineering those reasons to believe around your service, around that niche service, and even around your brand story, like what makes you special and start thinking about all the ways that you separate yourself from the rest of a logistics pack or whatever category or marketplace you're in, like what makes you different and what makes you special. Yeah. So I think the one thing we should hit on with the website is it it can't just be any website. It probably needs to be in WordPress. You got to do the SEO. You have to have that your messaging right. And it isn't going to be good forever. You have to keep it updated. You're going to have to do the work with the search engine optimization. You can't do it yourself in the basement or have your nephew do it. You have to actually spend to have a good website done. Yeah. So that's the table stakes, as you said. And I can tell you from my own experience, that is where a lot of people go, whew, we are done. I yeah. did it. <laughs> I did a website. Now what? And they kind of look onto the next project. And they usually don't think of the next project as creating content. They look and say, good, I've got a good website. It won't be out of date for another few years on to the next project. So talk a little bit about, I think you said this is the next problem is growing, creating more content that it costs money. So talk yes. a little bit about that. Absolutely. Right. And I think particularly with B2B, B2C seems there, there's probably a few more avenues for content, right? So B2B seems like, okay, as you said, Joe, right? I, oh, I built a website. My job's done here. You know, we, now we can just walk away and all the leads will just come flooding in and we don't have to do anything else. I wish it was like that. I really do. I mean, you'd be unemployed. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. Like, oh, well, you know, we'll just keep building sites over and over because then we'd be done. Unfortunately, yeah, you have to start really thinking about content generation and not in the sense that it's just content for content's sake, right? Don't need to write willy nilly. We really have to create targeted content to your audience. So that means investing in your audience, starting to understand who your consumers are, what they care about, and what are the types of things that they ask about? What do they need to know to help them make a better and more informed decision? And you, your site, should be the avenue that allows them to do that, right? So when you tell me that, and I hear it all the time, well, there's just really nothing to write about. I mean, we, we talk about our services. What more is there to say? There's actually quite a bit more to say. So doing that research, you can start understanding what are the types of questions and what types of things do they ask around each of these services? And that's where the content starts to grow. Then you start being very deliberate about the way you're writing to answer those questions from your consumers, even if they're not, right? So when they get to that site, not only are they finding your service, they're also finding supplementary content that helps them understand why your service is better and that you're answering their questions and they know that you can be a relevant and trusted resource for them. Right. So you have to continue to keep building that content around right. your services. So, you know, I can say this from my own experiences. I started off as a blogger and what I kind of observed while blogging was that there's two type of bloggers. One is like myself, I could come up with ideas all day. If you said, Joe, I need you to come up with a hundred ideas to write about that you think are relevant to your audience, I'd sit down and just list that. 
But then I would say the challenge of people like that, like me, would be, all right, now I actually sit down and write those articles, right? On the other side, there's people who will say, I can't think of any topics. But they tend to be very task-oriented and they say, I, as soon as I come up with the topic, I will write it out. In a lot of ways, content doesn't change. Even though we're talking about now about video or podcasts like this or other avenues, there are things to write about. You just got to get, maybe go into the conference room with the team and say, what are the five biggest problems our customers have? And then what can we write about? What can we do videos about? What can we do podcasts about? There's tons of mediums like I just mentioned, but there's also, I think if you get the right people in the room, you can figure out what we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even just beyond like an awesome brainstorming session, which I think is invaluable, right? I think what you just nailed it is hitting those pain points for your consumers. What exactly are the problems they're having and how can you solve them? So I think that's great. And absolutely, as you said, different mediums, right? Video, it doesn't just have to be text content. It can be anything visual. You could create memes, you could do videos, you can write content. Oh, infographics are great. Infographics, yes. So beyond that, and then starting to look at the web, use web research. There are plenty of question type sites like Answer the Public would be one that comes to mind right away where you can put in a specific keyword or search phrase and it will start spitting back questions that people ask around that particular phrase. So now you've got a wealth of questions that consumers are asking and then you can start thinning them down and then pick which ones I think fit your business best to answer. Yep. And I've also said this to some of my clients in the past, and I've used it myself, is a lot of times it's just people don't understand the basics of a business. So when we talk about like a website or digital strategy, what you know very well because you do it, by sharing what you're doing today, this is not the advanced course. You're just taking us through the basics. And at the same time, if you've not been there before, somebody goes, yeah, you've made this a lot more accessible. Now I understand that. And If they had to use someone and they said, oh, I like Tony, that's the guy who explained it to me. You've got a shot at that business because you were the one. And that applies also to less than truckload and truckload and freight forwarding and moving stuff across the Mexico border or the Canadian border. Things like that. If you've done them every day, all day for the last 10 years, you go, everybody knows this, but a lot of your customers might not. Yeah, I would agree, right? Like, I think even just the documentation rules may have changed even just in times of COVID, right? So like international trucking now, you may need different documents. You may be, I don't even, I mean, I'm just purely talking out of my butt here, but I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe you have to do a whole slew of new checks that nobody knew about. Uh, Well, I'll tell you this. um, I just had a conversation that prepping for another podcast with Ephraim she does what they call fulfillment by Amazon. And she's an FBA. That is that, yeah, everything's changed in that business because of COVID. They had Amazon exploded with business and they started having some bottlenecks. So all of a sudden, everything changed. So just explaining the changes, thats that matters. And we had a shortage of it were, trucks were in hot demand during this COVID pandemic. So those are the kind of things you can share and make yourself useful to your customer and hopefully win them over where they go, I like that guy. He's the one who shared with me. So we talked a little bit about the idea of having the right website. Can't be your Wix website created by your kid. And secondly, we talked about the idea you have to keep growing content. And it can't just be, I think we've used the term, Tony, popcorn, which is kind of the low substance. I paid someone who doesn't know this industry and they sat down and they pumped it out and they pump out a hundred articles a month for me and they know nothing about it. And I don't bother educating them. They're great writer, but they don't know the topic. Totally. That is a problem. That's what I call popcorn. You need something. I always say, I like stuff that has a point of view. 
I don't like reading anything that's dry. I want somebody to have a little bit of passion and say, this is the right way to do it. I want to hear an opinion from an all-star, somebody who knows that business. Don't give me the generic. (laughs) Yeah. So make it relevant and make it, yeah, make it relevant. Absolutely. And have it be opinionated. If that's what your, if that's what your brand is about, then do that. Yes, absolutely. Right. Yeah. You can be human. (laughs) So the next problem is you said, is there's no content to write about. And we kind of hit on this a little bit. You said the industry's bland. We hear that a lot in transportation. Like, what am I going to write about? I just do less than truckload. What, what makes me different than the other less than truckload brokers or carriers? But Your point is you have to find that. So talk a little bit about that, Tony. Yeah, absolutely. So as I said, I mean, there are plenty of websites out there that can help you start discovering content and discovering topics to write about. I think even just doing a Google search around, I don't know, refrigerated trucking, if you start looking at the related searches and even so inside the organic results themselves now, they have that sort of accordion of questions that people are asking. Just start scraping all of that. I mean, start looking at that because those are the questions that consumers and your potential customers are asking around refrigerated trucking, right? So now you know they're asking it. That gives you license to one, write content about it, two, be an authority about it, and three, put that out on your site so that you can become the authority about that particular topic. Yep. Tony, when I was, I haven't done it this year, but all last year, in the last five years or so, I've done a lot of training for these outside training companies, and they're mostly online, which is cool. So it's one-hour training, and they'll, and they'll come to me, and they just, Joe, here's the topics we'd like you to teach on if you're open to them. And I would pick the ones that I felt comfortable with, all around logistics, transportation, supply chain stuff. And what they would do, these companies are all very similar. They will go look at a conference organizers. They'll look at a conference and they'll say, here's the conference agenda. And they'll look at all those topics. They might not know anything about transportation or logistics, but they figure that if the keynote speaker is talking about that topic, it's important. So they look through that and say, hey, this is a conference on logistics. These are some good topics to talk about. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And we're lucky in this space. I mean, transportation, logistics, warehousing, Freight Waves puts out like 25 articles a day. So if you want to learn about this business, you can go to Freight Waves. I think they also do three or four podcasts a day. So wow. it is a great way to learn about our business. I mean, I appreciate anyone listening to my podcast, but there's probably 10 other out there that are very good podcasts. So there's a lot of ways to learn about the business. There's a lot of ways to get new ideas like, hey, I like what that guy talked about on his podcast. I'm going to write an article or we're going to do a video or we're going to do a podcast very similar to that one. Absolutely. So we talked about websites. We talked about creating content, which is don't stop after you got that website. You got to continue creating good quality content. And next you talked about, we talked a little about the cost of this. There's a lot of costs sometimes associated with writing articles and all that. And you say, that's one of those barriers that people go, Tony, I know I should, but it costs money. (laughs) does. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could tell you something different. I wish I would tell you it was free. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, to grow, you have to spend a little bit of money to do that. So I think the best way to think about that is really to just know that investment is necessary. And that is growth, right? So going dark or under investing in yourself really will have a long-term effect of being really detrimental to you, right? So not creating content, not investing in your website. By the time someone does find you, If you're not investing in having up-to-date content, uh, finding ways of optimizing your site, finding ways of even reaching your customers outside of your site, right? Like, so setting your growth mindset there. I mean, the business will eventually become stagnant and you're going to start looking like a fossil in your own industry, right? Right. 
And, you know, Ann Holmes been on my podcast quite a bit. It, she's talks a lot about, she's an executive coach, but she's also an expert in the brain. And what she talks about is this idea of digital first. So if I see Tony's website and I look and I go, this is a great website, that is kind of sticks in my mind. And then I talk to Tony and it kind of fits. And I say, yeah, Tony aligns well with his website. I expect him to say some of those things. Sometimes what happens though, is if you've got an old website and I'm talking to Tony and I go, yeah, Tony seems real sharp, but I keep going back to his website and to his LinkedIn profile mm-hmm. and to their social media that they don't have. And all of a sudden I think, yeah, Tony's lying to me. <laughs> you know, what he says sounds great, but it's not reflected online. And I'll give you another great example. People used to lie about the size of their business. Oh, we got 1,800 employees. Then you go on LinkedIn and you say, I'm following the company. It's got like six LinkedIn <laughs> profiles attached to it. Where's the other 1,794 people? Exactly. So, so we can't get away with that nonsense. I'm not, I don't think too many people tried, but you can't get away with that nonsense. And you really do have to think about digital first. If somebody sees you, and I should say they see your website, and that is a reflection on you, you can't underinvest in that. It can't be two years old. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, and if I think about just even some of the ways to think about growing as maybe even a logistics company or any company for that matter, I think there's a, a few different things that, I would say you should probably start thinking about, right, and in general, as, as a way to adopt that investment and growth mindset, which is adopting and pivoting to new technologies pretty quickly. So every industry is always adopting new technology and not being there. So I think, Joe, I think offline, we, we, you talked about an example of where there's actually something inside the console of all of these trucks that are tracking drivers, right? Yep. And where they're stopping and like how many... Electronic and logging device, yeah. Yeah, so like that's that is a relatively new technology, I would imagine. At least for me, it would be. It's required now. So it used to, it's always been there, but now it tracks hours of service, so it's a requirement now. But so adopting technologies like that, and how can you adopt that technology to do something more than it's already doing? Is there a way that you can adopt that technology? Is there something even beyond what people are doing today? Oh, trust me, we're trying. There's a lot of people trying right now to get on because I think that a lot of those goes right onto your iPad. So yeah, there's starting to be share of space there. Absolutely right. So I think it's adopting those technologies, creating a system for yourself, and I'm going to say digital just because it's me. But I'm sure that there will be someone else who says like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just an ecosystem of yourself. I would say creating a seamless, frictionless, contiguous digital ecosystem, meaning how I connect from the truck, how I connect from my website and how I connect from even that phone call or that service that I've given my customer. How do all those things connect to bring them a more complete experience? So. Well, I think you see more and more are using apps to do some of that, you know, so like one way to track trucks is they download an app so it can be tracked. And then next time around, if they're open to it, they say, I'm going to drop off in Louisville at five o'clock and I want to pick something up first thing in the morning. They can make themselves known through those apps. So, yeah, there's a there's there's a lot of that starting to happen. And I think that's to your point, that's another way to connect another. And it's not necessarily content as much as it is a connection point. Absolutely. Right. And And I would consider that (laughs) part of growing. Right. Like that. That's still part of that growth mindset, not only for your website, but just for your business in general, which is, I think, what we're trying to get to, right? Like, how do we generate more? Because that's where growth comes in. So yeah, it's not simply just the site. It's starting to think about how your particular business connects to everything and everyone. And then what do you want to attack first? What is the right thing to start picking up and moving forward? 
Right. So the last barrier growth I want to talk to you is number four, which you said you often hear people say this whole idea of omni-channel, like, you know, is too much, too much money, too much work. How do I overcome that? That's a, first I've explained omni-channel before. We sure. Go. Omni-channel is just a really fancy way to say being everywhere, both in a digital and physical space, if you can be right. So whatever that looks like in your industry what is physical and digital. So that's what we mean when we say omni-channel is that there is no specific place you play, you play in all of them. So yes, I can understand why it feels like so much because even when I talk about it sometimes, I'm like, woo, well, there's the list for you. I mean, there's there's everything you could possibly do. So yeah, it, it can feel like too much, but I think the solution is going back to some, almost our foundational start, right? Before we even got to growth is understanding your consumer and understanding in the places that they are visiting on a daily basis. So if that's social, if that's QA forums, if that's what have you. So finding out where they spend a lot of their time and then intersecting with them, right? So don't feel like you have to do everything at once now because honestly, right. it's just not even possible. It's not possible to spend all of that money and be everywhere you want to be and doing it with excellence. Right. So being choosy. Right. It's funny you should mention that because sometimes it feels as if all of a sudden, you know, if I'm as a small business owner, I can say this my own world. They said, Hey, you got to get on LinkedIn. I was on LinkedIn early. So posting content on LinkedIn was like, okay, it's kind of a little extra project to do. So I was writing articles and then sharing them on LinkedIn. I built up a big following that way, which has been great. Yeah. But then they said, you have to be on Facebook. I was like, oh, you know, that's, that's one more thing. Right. And then what are you doing on Twitter? And then what are you doing on Instagram? And now lately, what are you doing on TikTok? I was like, you know what? You can't be. I struggle to be in all those places. And given what I sell, I sell to transportation, logistics, warehousing people. Given who my audience is, I spend a lot of my time on LinkedIn. I have a little bit on Twitter. I have a lot on Facebook. And I think for myself, I'll probably have to outsource the other stuff because I don't have time to get to those other channels, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's exactly what we're talking about, that situation. I didn't even mention YouTube. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, honestly, everything you've just said, I would encapsulate in like one almost nice little package we would call social, right? Uh, social <laughs> commerce, like all of those platforms and channels that you talked about just fit neatly into one bubble. Now we have to start talking about bubbles like paid media, paid social. We have to start talking about SEO, SEM. We have to start talking about UX and UI, so user experience and user interface. Could you explain some of those just real quick? SEO, SEM, and UI. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So SEO, search engine optimization, simply really just building the correct type of content into your site so that you're found through search engines, SEO. That's there to just raise the visibility of your site. And SEM is search engine marketing. It's a larger umbrella, which houses a lot of things, but mostly people refer to it as paid search ads, right? So you'd have your Google ads, your Bing ads, things of that nature really kind of fall in the SEM world. And then you have UX, which is more about engineering the site and pathways through your site so that the user has an optimal flow through it. So if they start at the homepage, are you engineering actions on your site to get them to the goal you want them to complete, right? Get those calls to action. Get a quote. (laughs) Absolutely. Get a quote, right? And then experimenting with those layouts and formats too, right? So it doesn't just stop by rearranging the page once. It's a lot of A-B testing to understand, okay, well, if I put 
that CTA in the top right-hand corner, I got 25% less clicks than when I put it at the bottom right-hand corner after they've read that content, right? So things like that. And then we can even get into another bubble called online reputation management or ORM, which I think is going to become more and more important as we start getting more local, as people start looking for things around them. So that gets into Google My Business listings and ratings and reviews and how people talk about your brand and your business in general. And so how do you either combat a bad reputation to start with, So, which I've done a lot of in the past, and that's a very difficult and but also fun task. This is making me dizzy, man. There's a lot to, lot to know, a lot to do. <laughs> right. So, and so that, you know, that's just even, that's a small swath of what Omnichannel could look like because we didn't even get to the physical environment. And that's where a lot right. of my teammates at Integer excel as well, right? So then they'll start talking to you about like, well, how do you set up an aisle? How do you do this? How do you do that? How do you start engineering an in-store experience? So when you start putting all that together in an Omnichannel environment, it can feel like someone just dropped an elephant on you and you have no way out. So my advice then is to say, you know what you need to do. And based on knowing your consumer, let's pick the first one or two most important things, where they are primarily, and let's start engineering to meet them there. Let's get the right content. Let's do the right plan to get to those one or two. And let's watch an ROI develop out of that so that you know that A, you know what we're doing. B, you know it works. C, you're getting some money back. And now we can reinvest to go into a different channel that they're in. Right, right. Well, that's where how everybody started. You can't, most companies aren't going to say, yeah, we're going to spend a fortune day one on all of this. You can say, no, let's pick a few channels. Let's have some success and grow that in a logical process. Absolutely. So, Tony, I want to summarize these four barriers that I want to get your kind of final thoughts on this topic. So the first one is you got to have a good website and it can't be old. It can't be out of date. It can't be, most likely it's probably not going to be on Wix or Squarespace. It's got to probably be on WordPress or a site like that, one that will allow you to grow, allow you to be found. You have to do the SEO. You got to do that right and it has to be updated. If you did it three years ago and you think I'm good, wrong. (laughs) And and then uh, number two barrier you talked about was this idea of creating content and how difficult that can be. And and you made some points that you have to continue, you continue creating content. You have to find ways to create content that resonates with your audience. Number three, you talked about cost. People don't want to spend on this because they look at it as not as an investment, they look at it as a cost. And it's really is an investment in your your future sales. And then the last thing you talked about is this idea of omni channel digital marketing. So why don't you kind of hit on all four of those and summarize this bad boy, some final thoughts. And then before you go, though, I still want to hear about what's going on over at Integer Group. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a great summary, Joe. I'm not even sure I can do better than that, but that's that's a really great summary. Final thoughts is good. (laughs) (laughs) You you certainly are a master of your craft, sir. You certainly are. So yes, I I would say you've, you've hit on all of that, right? So starting with that foundation, making sure you've got that great layer that your site is, as you said, up to date, not on Wix. I mean, really having a true platform. It's WordPress, it's Drupal, it's Magento, it's whatever really works for you. Making sure it's optimized, making sure, and I would say this is something we didn't really talk about offline or even now, but that it's speed friendly for mobile, right? Because as we yeah, very important, (laughs) right? So start really thinking about speed as well, like making sure it's lightweight, that you have a really great development crew. I will hat tip Sun Ant here. Oh, yeah. They're they're a great crew uh, and they build with speed. So think about that as you're going into it. And then once you you just can't stop there, right? So now it's a digital marketing strategy. I mean, that's the best way to put it. This is your roadmap for the future and how you plan to achieve that future. And that starts with investing in your future. So don't stop spending, but spend smartly. 
And that looks like diving into a content strategy, right, for your site. So building that content, whether it's social, whether it's on-site, whether it's even external site, right, like your guest blogging or your posting on other sites. So think about that content strategy and what that looks like for you. Think about omni-channel because you have to be there. So as we talked about, it's multiple bubbles, right? It's both digital and physical and start examining the first couple of key places you need to be to spend that money and then dive into it. And then when it's all said and done, just keep recycling that strategy forward. So did that work? Yes. Great. We'll optimize that particular strategy, that particular channel while we parallel path and move into the next channel. So that would be what I would do. I mean, I think that's a growth mindset. I like it. I like it. And, and again, you hit on the four barriers that that really does prevent people from achieving all they could digitally. And again, I will say this not as a way to scare anybody, but we all see the same things happening. There's a consolidation happening in this industry. There's a lot of big boys who are spending a lot of money on websites now. They didn't five years ago, 10 years ago. They weren't spending. Now they're spending. But also we have all these digital upstarts and they are web natives. They think websites and digital marketing is part of standard business. They don't think of it as an extra. They didn't grow up banging the phones like many of us. Right. I mean, I don't think they even have an office phone, if you're asking, right? Like, I don't think most of them even know what a multi-channel line phone looks like. So, exactly, right? They've come in as disruptors. They've come in as, as you said, digital natives. So, this is what they know. They don't know what an office looks like. They don't know what any. So, they're going to be there. And when customers start to look and go, hey, that guy's got a great website. This guy's got a great website. And these guys seem good, but look at this old website. Look at this. And we're we're all used to being online all day long. We start to judge, right? That's the nature of it. it so is. you got to be there, guys. So, Tony, before we wrap this up, yeah. tell us a little bit about what's going on over at the Integer Group. Yeah. So at Integer, we really do believe the act of commerce is transformative and that we're, we're always helping brands succeed and communities prosper and both our customers thrive and our internal employees thrive. So we're always having that mindset. And, you know, in terms of who we work with, I mean, we work with a lot of CPG companies, so consumer product goods, and we're always helping them both at a digital level and at the physical level. So engineering things in store and engineering things online. And, you know, we're always looking for new customers. Help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would I'll throw this out there. I suspect you're doing a lot of helping smaller e-commerce companies that started online grow, but also companies that have traditionally been offline who say, look, we have to start having a more of a digital sales strategy. You're helping yeah, them I, I, you're absolutely right. Right. And with, especially with those enterprise clients, they've had the presence. And now that we are in sort of the era we're in, we're in this COVID era where online has really ramped up and having that capability be fluid. Yeah, we have been spending an enormous amount of time getting to, I think, as we talked about, some of that foundational work that just was kind of there and not there, and now we're getting there. Right. And so we're also trying to, while we're doing that, infuse that growth mindset as well. So yeah, that's what we've been up to. And you know, on the e-commerce and digital side, we're pretty busy. So. Yep. So what I'll do, Tony, is I'll put a link to Integer Group in the show notes, and I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile. Oh, so thanks reach out, they can reach out and talk to you. And again, guys, I think it's very clear that Tony knows his stuff on the digital sales strategy. I really do appreciate you sharing what you know, Tony. Uh, well, thanks for having me, Joe. I mean, this is a pleasure. And if you ever want to have me on again, I'm here. Thank you so much. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your continued support is very much appreciated. Until next time, Onward and Upward. 
You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logistics of logistics.com. 